resurrection assembly of God. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. The 6th of June, 2021. Scriptures are Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 20. Micah chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Micah chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. He proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. That's what we say in the Creed. And so today, we worship and glorify the Holy Spirit with the Father and the Son. Amen? We also confess that the Holy Spirit spoke through the prophets. This is what we are talking about during what we are calling our fantastic prophetic summer. It's 80 degrees outside, so it's time to prophesy, I guess. The Spirit is coming upon you. Some of you don't even know that God is anointing you to speak prophetically to the church and to the world. Um, Some of you do know it. Praise be to God. Um, We are called to this, to prophecy as the people of God, upon whom the Holy Spirit has been poured out. So the Spirit has been poured out on us. Again, like we confess in the Creed here every Sunday, the Holy Spirit spoke through the prophets. So what we are doing is we are looking at what the Spirit said through the prophets long ago, before Christ, in the Old Testament of the Bible, which happens to be the majority of the Bible in terms of words, word count. Um, And we are praying that the Spirit will pour out on us as we worship and glorify our God and read the Scriptures. So here's the deal. It was three weeks ago now, I think. I warned you on Pentecost that if we're going to do this, we, we've got to be prepared for some salt. Because the prophet said some really salty things. And by that I mean they said some things with a lot of flavor. Nothing they said was bland. But like I said, they, they, they said things that were really salty. Like, have you ever unscrewed uh, the top of a salt shaker and then just dumped it into your mouth? No, no one. Neither have I. Don't do that. Alternatively, have you ever taken a glass of ocean water, filled it all the way up to the brim, and then tried to chug it? Don't do that either. I have swum in the ocean. Swam? Swum? Okay, everybody swum on this side, swam on this side. We'll take a boat. I have gone swimming in the ocean. See, that's what I do as a pastor. I bring people together. Um, I have gone swimming in the ocean and swallowed ocean water before, and that made me want to... Well, get it out of me. My point is, is that this is what reading the Holy Spirit-inspired prophets can be like. They can make us pucker because we don't want to hear what they have to say. We can actually be revulsed by the taste 
because they always call out people, especially the church, for being unchristian. And, you know, who wants to be called out on their hypocrisy? Not me, that's for sure. No one. Um, I'm going to read from the prophet Micah this morning. Uh, In my Bible, in my Bible, the book of Micah is only about six pages long. So you could find it in your Bible at home or right now and read it this week. Just make sure you have a glass of water ready to rehydrate yourself after all the salt, okay? Micah is one of what we call the minor prophets. He wasn't a short man. Maybe he was. We don't know how tall he was. Uh, He also did not speak in a minor key or a depressing tone. Though, of course, some of the things he has said you might find depressing. But that's not why he is reckoned amongst the minor prophets. There are 12 minor prophets in the Bible. You could probably read one a day just about. That's why they're called minor. It's just because they're a lot shorter than the big prophets, not big prophets, the lengthier prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. They wrote a lot. It's going to take you a couple weeks to get through Ezekiel, let me tell you. Micah wrote hundreds of years before Jesus, but Jesus was with him by the Spirit. Jesus is one being with the Father. Even so, though Jesus became incarnate, excuse me, so even though Jesus became incarnate with the Virgin Mary hundreds of years after the Micah prophesied some salt, the salt of the world, Jesus himself was always with his people and with his prophets. So we've got to hear Jesus in all this. So I'm going to read Micah chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. We read a little bit of Micah this morning. Maybe you already tasted a little bit of that salt. It was pretty intense. Uh, But we're going to read Micah chapter 3. Like I said, read the whole thing when you go home this week. Micah chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. This is what it says. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might. To declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. Hear this, you heads of the house of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel, who detest justice and make crooked all that is straight, who build Zion with blood and Jerusalem with iniquity. Its heads give judgment for a bribe, its priests teach for a price. Its prophets practice divination for money. Yet they lean on the Lord and say, Is not the Lord in the midst of us? No disaster shall come upon us. Therefore, because of you, Zion shall be plowed as a field. Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins and the mountain of the house a wooded height. I'm going to walk through this, these few verses But there's one thing I want to emphasize throughout the sermon, okay? What I want to emphasize is who prophecy is directed to. Who do prophets always speak to first? So that's what I'm going to work toward. I'm going to walk through it. The passage begins. It says, But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, And with justice and might. Who's speaking here? Well, clearly the answer should be the prophets, right? And I think that's a good answer. 
It's the prophet Micah. But I also think it's an incomplete answer. Because the Spirit of the Lord is not on the prophet in the first instance. Remember we read this morning from Luke chapter 4. Jesus gets up in a synagogue. He gets up in church and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He says it's not long after he had been baptized, where the Spirit had literally descended on him. So when we see these words in the prophet Micah, we've got to see that these words must be applied first and foremost to Jesus Christ our Lord. The prophet can only say that he, was this, he has the Spirit if he is speaking with Jesus Christ. And not only that, he must be speaking in Jesus Christ. Hear me out, because this is really important. There are a lot of people who claim to be prophetic, but they cannot be true prophets. Indeed, they are, in fact, false prophets unless they are speaking in Jesus Christ and with Jesus Christ. And that means that the tarot card readers at the Arts and Crafts Fair, the hedge fund managers who are always predicting the markets, and a bunch of people on my Facebook feed are all false prophets. <laughs> We're the church, right? The church is called the body of Christ. Over and over again, the Bible says that as many as have been, as, as many as confessed their sins and been baptized, have received the Holy Spirit, and that means we are in Christ. So if we as the church want to prophesy in the spirits, then we have to be in Christ. So repent of your sins, be baptized, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and then we shall, we shall prophesy. Both our male and female servants will prophesy. So the prophet Micah speaks with and in Jesus. But before we get to who the prophet is prophesying to, Let's just take note of what the prophet says about the Spirit of the Lord. You can read it with me. Micah chapter 8. Nope. Micah chapter 3, verse 8, going through verse 12. Bonjour, Amen. Que Dieu vous bénisse. Welcome. And welcome to your family. The Holy Spirit, first of all, is power. The prophet says, I am filled with power. Someone said to me just this last week, money is power. Nah. The Holy Spirit is power. Don't forget it. Because money can't raise the dead. Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates... And whoever the guy is in charge of Google, because I don't know his name, should take note. Money doesn't raise the dead. We're Resurrection Assembly of God, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will throw salt at money, right? The Spirit eats money for dinner. 
What else does the prophet say? He says he is filled with justice. Church, the Holy Spirit is justice. Catch this, please, because there's a lot of sodium in this bite. You're going to get more than your daily dose in this one little bit, in this salt pill. If the Spirit is the Spirit of justice, then the, the prophet is throwing shade at all of the institutions of justice in this world. He is saying, without the Holy Spirit, you cannot have true justice. And that's because true justice is God's making right what the world made wrong. People who were killed unjustly can only get justice if the Spirit raises them to new life. If they're still dead, injustice wins. But the Spirit can raise them to new life. Hear me out on this because... This is why we're listening to the prophets. Micah is critical, I said, of the whole world, which means that Micah is critical even of the American justice system. He's not necessarily saying the whole thing is defunct, but he is saying without the spirit, who the American court system has no right to, there is no true justice. I know a whole lot of you don't need me to tell you that. You're black in this country, you know. But you'd be surprised how many white folks know this too. It might do us some good to understand that we all understand that the American justice system frequently falls short. You know, Cindy was just telling me earlier this week about how she knew a young man here in Iowa who for sure made some mistakes, but his misdemeanors were treated like murders. And that's not justice. I know others whose murders were treated like misdemeanors. By the way, don't be mad at me about this. Be mad at Cindy, all right? Just kidding. Don't, don't be mad at her either. I'm not being partisan when I say this. Cindy is not being partisan. I'm just trying to tell you that the prophet Micah in Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, could see thousands of years off that America's court system was never going to give people true justice because the American justice system can't raise the dead. So the prophet speaks in and with Christ. He is filled with power and might and justice. But again, who is the prophet speaking to? I mentioned our court system. But that's not who the prophet was speaking to in the first instance. Who is he speaking to? Look, he says in verse 9, I am filled, well this is still verse 8, I am filled with power and justice in the spirit of the Lord, Verse 9, to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. So who is the prophet speaking to? He's speaking to Israel in the Old Testament, of course, which means he is speaking to God's people. The New Testament, after Jesus died and rose again, calls the church, calls Israel the church before the church. So we can say that the prophet here is speaking to the church, the people of God, not to the world, at least not in the first instance. And that's who prophets prophesy to. Prophets almost always prophesy in the first instance to the church. This is really important because our own self-righteousness, our feelings of moral superiority that we can sometimes have as Christians, Turns out all that's really bad. 
Because when God gets upset, he is always getting upset with his people first. And we have got to take that seriously. When the people of God are called to prophesy, we are called to prophesy to ourselves before we prophesy to the world. Look at how Micah lays into the church here. He says in verse 9, Hear this, you heads of Jacob and rulers of Israel. Basically, he's like, listen up, pastors and deacons and all of you church leaders. And then he says, who detest justice. What? We detest justice? The people of God detest justice? Yeah. He accuses the church of detesting justice. That is like salt in the wound. But not realizing that you have a wound in the first place until the Spirit pours some salt into it. He goes on. Your church leaders who make crooked all that is straight, who build Zion with blood and Jerusalem with iniquity. The prophet in the Spirit is accusing God's people of building the church with blood and injustice. That's horrifying, no? Surely not us. He goes on in verse 11. Its priests teach for a price. Its prophets practice divination for money. Listen, the Bible says that the laborer deserves their wages. And when the Bible says that, it's talking about pastors, including all workers, generally speaking. So pastors should get a wage, even like Abby and I do here. But if you're a pastor up here dressed in Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Dior, and Easy Kicks, then that's a problem. We got pastors and churches all across this country who preach because they want money, not because they have a fire in their bones that just keeps burning whether or not they have money in their bank accounts. We've got so-called prophets on the television and the YouTube getting up in their $18,000 suits who are just fanboys of whatever presidents will pay them some attention. That's not prophecy. That's divination. It's witchcraft. And it's just as much a command as it is a promise. The laborers will get their wages. And the wages of God are justice. So I hope you're getting the point. Prophets are always critical of the church before they're critical of the world. Before we call out the world for its racism, we got to call out the church for its racism. Before we call out the world for murder, we got to call out the church for building Zion with blood. Before we criticize the world for not fixing the road in front of our house, we got to call out the church for making it a maze, a labyrinth for people to come to Christ and find rest for their weary feet. Before we call out the world's sin, we got to call out the church's sin. So I've called out the world and the church, generally speaking, already. Talked about America, talked about preachers and their fancy sneakers. What about us? What about Resurrection Assembly of God? Should I go here? You see, the problem with trying to call out anything in this church is that I'm actually calling out myself because I'm part of this church. 
And I am the leader of this church with whom the buck stops. So if I say anything about this church, then in a sense, it's on me. Jesus talked about not criticizing the speck in your brother's eye when you got a log sticking out of your own. I don't want to mix up a glass of warm salt water and then do an eye rinse to find out that the log is too deeply lodged to wash it out. Not only is it not going to work, but the salt's going to burn. By the way, don't put salt in your eye. It's purely a metaphor. Okay. If you put salt in your eye, you're going to need an ophthalmologist, and Dr. Matthew Benage already moved to the state of Washington last year. Perhaps this is a better way of putting it. What salt is the Spirit speaking to us at resurrection and to its leaders? I'm struggling to answer this. Not because I can't come up with stuff, but because I'm afraid of getting it wrong. And I'm afraid of hitting the target, but not hitting it a bullseye. So here's what I'm going to say. The Spirit spoke through the prophets. That's our confession. That's what we began with today. That's where I want to end. So let's just take what the prophet says in the Spirit and take that as our self-examination. Take that salt, sprinkle it on ourselves. Just you can call the, the lambs, the sheep. So in closing, if we hear the prophet Micah today, here's what we got to do. First, let's love justice. Let's love God's justice. Look for it. Wait for it. Believe in it. Second, make a crooked way straight. This is all straight from the passage, so you can check it out. Second, make crooked ways straight. Let the path be straight and smooth for people to join us in resurrection and to join, most importantly, the kingdom of God. That starts not only with hospitality, but also with being a lover of justice. Third, let's not build this church with the blood of a common enemy, but with the blood of Jesus. What should bind us together in unity is not what we think this or that out there in the world is evil and our enemy and whose blood we would all be happy to see on the ground. What should bind us together is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ who spilled it out of love for us. The blood that we remember in this meal. Fourth, let's not love money. We don't have a lot of money in this church. But that doesn't mean we don't love it. You can love money and be as poor as poor can be. You know, I have a lot of debt and I find myself loving money because I just want to be out of debt. And I got to remind myself that God is the forgiver of debts. Money doesn't forgive debts. Money actually is a terrible overlord and wants you to stay in debt as long as possible. So you keep serving it. Finally, let us be filled with the Spirit. Amen? Let us be filled with the Spirit of the Lord, with power from on high, with justice and might. If we do this, then we will know how to declare to ourselves, the people of God, our transgressions and our sins and receive forgiveness through Jesus Christ. With that, 
Let us not prepare our hearts for approaching the table of the Lord. Amen? Amen. The sheep are back. Are the other sheep back too? I think we're still waiting on the other sheep. Uh, Holly, will you come on up?